are for lovers. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave. And hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Cam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sports roundtable of Jacked and Canned. Joined again, feels like forever. Johnny, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Coming off the heels of a vacation, right back into the grind. Right back into slinging good old regular work and then back to the DJ gig starting tomorrow, Cole. So we're Dude. about to get real wild. <laughs> you look like you still got your vacation clothes on. Oh, well, this is a work polo shirt, so I'm dressed <laughs> professionally, not yet home to change. Usually you see me and I'm wearing a tank top and a pair of shorts and cracking open a beer or having a whole bottle of wine or two. Tonight is not the case, but ladies and gentlemen, I am back to say who's on top. Oh, yes, shit, I literally just for- pulled up the standings while the intro played in case you didn't have it. All right, all you. Because I don't have the standings in front of me, but this is a very easy who's on top for me. The NBA is done. The NFL is about to start. The NHL is done. So that only leaves me with the MLB, but I'm going to take my best educated guest, Colbs, walk me through if I, I am correct. Say, I, I legitimately have it pulled up right now, so I can tell you if you're right or wrong. Here we go, the AL East. We got the New York Yankees sitting on top over there. 12 and a half game lead. <laughs> there we go. Last 10 games, I'm going to say they're eight and two. Four and six. Oh, my God, was I off on that. Okay, Yankees taking a little <laughs> bit of a slide there, but still, they remain on top. AL Central. Oh, Jesus, Lord, who the hell do we got sitting on top over there? Um Definitely not the Indians. Colts, who's on top? The Twins. They have a the two-game lead over the Guardians and a three-game lead oh, over the White Sox. I did that again last week, and I was super sad because the, the movie Major League. Ricky Vaughn, I want to correct myself. Ricky Vaughn was the guy. Oh, that the was the part movie. you were disappointed about, not the part where you got the team name wrong in a way that is racially insensitive. It's nothing to do with racially insensitive. It's everything to do with the Cleveland Indians and Ricky Vaughn. It's a part of my childhood, the movie Major League. Who's going to give them the heater anymore? I'm going to tell you who's going to give them the heater. The Cleveland Guardians. Because now, instead of Ricky Vaughn, we're going to get back Mo Vaughn. All you old baseball fans, you're going to remember Mo Vaughn hitting all the home runs. So he's going to (laughs) save the day for the Cleveland Guardians. I was sad about the Cleveland Indians for Ricky Vaughn because it's dead. It's no more. We need Mo Vaughn back. Anyways. Now we're going to go over here. We're going to go to the AL West. Astros sitting on top over there. Angels disappointing me. They are in last place. Colbs, am I right? Uh, They are not in last place. They are actually eight games ahead of the Oakland A's. But the Astros are on top, nine and a half game lead. Hell yeah. Who else am I forgetting over there in the American League? Anybody, Colbs? 
Uh, really, I mean, outside of the fact that the whole AL East looks like they're good teams and just they're all that much worse than the Yankees, you really didn't leave anything out. So you're ready for NL time. All right, National League, here we go. The only one that matters over there in the National League. I'm going to save us time on all the other divisions. Okay, we know the NOS, the Dodgers. Yes, they are on top, but it's a close race. The Giants no, still hanging not. around. They're in third. Second place. Oh, who, who is it not close anymore? The, it's the a Dodgers 10 game running. lead for the Dodgers. Over who? The Padres? Yeah, the Padres are down 10 games. Oh, my God. What in the world happened with the Dodgers 10 and 0 in the last 10 games? 9 and 1. Padres 4 <laughs> that, and 6. That'll do it to you, I guess. Okay, Padres. Well, maybe better luck next time. Maybe they need Ricky Vaughn and Mo Vaughn to help them out. They need to give him the heater. Anyways, Colbs. That's pretty much going to do it for us over there. We're going to just skip right over to the NL East. NL East, the Mets sitting on top makes me happy. Oh, so happy, happy, dappy. August 14th, I might be going to a Mets game, Colts. It's a Sunday. You want to go to a Mets game? I mean, who who are they playing? Who knows? Who cares? Well, uh, point of it being, John, is it probably doesn't matter because this is now their best time of the year where they inevitably will slide by a mass distance. They only have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Braves currently, so it's just a matter of time. Well, you know what? Um, I don't think it's going to be time. I think it's the Mets time this year. I don't think they're going to slide. Scherzer are going to dominate. DeGrom is about to come back, and the Mets are in talks. I feel like DeGrom is always about to come back. He always is. You're right. He's always just about to come back. He's, but this time he's really just about to come back. Holmes. This one's yeah, for real. The other can't times, wait till we're having this talk next week because he started one game and already needs to be out again. Degrom, give him the heater. Come on. Here we go. What's going on Colts. in the NL Central, John? NL Central. Who the hell do we got over there that's causing some hell? The Brewers are causing a little bit of hell. They are. They do only have a half-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, damn. I'm pretty good for not even looking at the standings in a couple of weeks. So we're going to keep it there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who's on top. Now I'm coming at to you for a brand-new segment here on the Jack and Cam Sports Roundtable episode show. This is going to be Colby's Crossfade. What? I just figured I'd throw a little bit of flair in there. I have no idea. Colts, what the hell's going on up there in the world of sports? Are you getting excited for NFL to come back? <laughs> God, yeah. John, this has been like the slowest week that there's been in sports all year. So we we had like the beginning of July that was pretty cool because NBA free agency had just started. Kevin Durant asked for a trade. Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving asked for a trade. And now we're basically in a place where there is just a dead zone. There's talk about a lot of stuff. Colts, it's not all a dead zone. One of my favorite leagues made a huge mega monster announcement, the XFL. It's coming back. We already know that it's coming back, but this is hitting mainstream media. Dude, they were on the ESPYs. That's the real deal. Yeah, no, everybody takes the ESPYs incredibly seriously. Oh. 
Lord. Well, I'm excited. The, the ESPYS for is the event the that people go to when they're going to be winning an award, and if they're not winning it, then they just don't go. All right. Well, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair, man. It's also not really even a real award. Hey, you know, something I heard on Levitar today, they were talking, you never hear Clay Thompson, and they go, Clay Thompson, six-time SB winner. No, that, that's not something that's ever thrown out there. It's usually, you know, four-time champion. Nobody cares about the ESPYs, John. That's what I'm getting at. Sweet, the well, that's, XFL's that's back. Well, so let's let's talk about some real sports. Damn it. So, John, well, that's we're the gonna, big news uh, of the week in sports. John, we're going to talk a little NBA. James Harden does officially resign <laughs> with Philadelphia. <laughs> oh God, what are, are you breaking up so bad? You didn't even hear me start the next topic. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Oh no, All I right, got you, I brother. Got I might be coming in a little delayed, but I got you. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about James Harden resigns with Philadelphia, two years, $68 million. So James Harden did take the pay cut. He basically walked away from what his deal would have been, gave Philly the open idea of, hey, you guys can sign whoever you want, and I will just trail and take whatever's left for me to get. And so he did stick to it. And I'm actually very proud of James Harden for this because at this point in James Harden's career, he's you know in his in his 30s now, and he, I think he can even tell he's on the decline already. But he would like to try to actually have a chance to win. You're not going to get a whole lot of better chances than being able to play with who should have been the MVP last year with Joel Embiid, and you also have a rising star in Tyrese Maxey. So this is going to be really good for Philadelphia. The only thing that I don't love about this is that as James Harden stepped away from the big deal that he could have re-upped for just to take less money, the only thing Philadelphia did was bring in P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker is a value player, but it's not something that's going to be the make or break between you winning or losing a title. It's just not. So Cold. really, yes, John. I do have to say, when I was listening to Nobody's Shiftier episode, Every time you said P.J. Tucker, I instantly got so excited because I expected you to say P.J. Walker. Anyways, I just yeah. wanted to say that. Yeah, well, thank you. I, that, that was important. I'm glad we got there, buddy. Well, because it makes me happy as hell. I need P.J. <laughs> Walker back. Football's almost here. Continue! All right. So, with that said... <laughs> P.J. Tucker does help, but I think that this team's ceiling is going to be much more based on what Tyrese Maxey's growth is because Tyrese Maxey looks like he might be better than James Harden at this point in their careers. Granted, I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but if Tyrese Maxey takes another step up this year, you might be looking at James Harden as your third best player, and that's a team that can win a title in that perfect oh, yeah. regard. P.J. Tucker is definitely a great role player to have, but I do wish that Philly was able to bring in something more I say wish, I wish for the fans of Philadelphia. I personally do not want to uh, see Philadelphia have this success because I'm all about Miami taking the East. So still no movement with KD or Kyrie. Miami is still the uh, pretty much the only team right now that's in hot pursuit of KD. And they're actually in the process of trying to acquire more first round picks that they could gather to ship to Brooklyn to uh to get KD. So I think they've got a player portion and deal. Um they just need to acquire the right amount of picks for this deal to work. 
So they're, I don't know what they're planning to do to get those picks. I don't know if maybe they're trying to ship off Victor Oladipo for a first, if they're trying to get rid of player X, player Y, whoever it may be. I know it's not going to be Bam. I know it's not going to be Tyler Hero if it's just picture getting, but I, I assume that their player deal for KD involves Tyler Hero, so they're keeping him for that part of the deal. Uh, but really not a lot of movement on it because the Nets, after the Rudy Gobert trade, just assumed that they were going to get a huge haul for Kevin Durant. And as it turns out, nobody wants to blow up their whole franchise just to acquire KD because not many teams have the pieces to go get rid of half the roster and picks just to acquire KD because then they would just have KD. And you're not going to win True. with just KD. So... Miami's trying to make it work. It seems like they're really the only team that's heavily in the mix. And for Kyrie Irving, it is still just the Lakers that have shown any interest. Um, at this point, I don't know that the Lakers, I, you know, I've been kind of shitting on them that they should just offer up the other first round pick that they've been hiding away. And they're like, no, we won't give you that one. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? If nobody else is bidding, go ahead and sit on this. Because eventually they're going to have to take it. They don't want to roll into the season with Kyrie. And if nobody else is offering anything for him, they're eventually going to take your shitty deal of Russell Westbrook in a first-round pick. It's it's going to happen if nobody else offers anything. So the Lakers would just be betting against themselves or bidding against themselves if they offer anything more. So I, I think that this is actually a smart move as I'm looking back at it. Uh, similarly, Donovan Mitchell, um, it's still out there that he could be traded. He, Utah has made that pretty clear. Um, right now, it seems like Miami, New York, and Dallas are in the running. Uh, Dallas has the right pieces to get him, but I honestly don't think that that actually works out very well. Um, New York, I feel like it's going to be the team that gets him because it's just so the Knicks to go ahead and trade for a dude that now your backcourt's going to be two guys that are very fun to watch offensively do not give you anything on the defensive end of the floor. And honestly, this is like having uh, Donovan Mitchell is he, he's a good second best player to have on a championship team. Jalen Brunson's a third Julius Randall's a third RJ Barrett's a third. So we're talking about a team that has no number one superstar on a championship caliber team. So we're probably talking about a team that's consistently between the uh, sixth and ninth seed every year. But I feel like that's exactly what the Knicks will do. So I think that they are probably the front runner. Uh, Miami's still out there. And if they don't land KD, they could probably put the best package together to get Donovan Mitchell because, A, they can offer Kyle Lowry as part of the deal too, which nobody else is offering a Kyle Lowry right now, as far as I know anyway. And uh, you can also tie in there, say, a Tyler Hero and a couple of first-round picks. So you can... Miami's got a real shot at that, but they're so into the Kevin Durant game that they don't want to give up on that until it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, so, like, would they have to necessarily blow up the entire team where it's going to be completely different? Like, they just had great oh, success this past no, season. No, no, no. No, Miami wouldn't. That's the thing, because what Miami's offering is basically uh, they're, they're essentially tying in Tyler Hero, I would assume Duncan Robinson, who barely played in the playoffs last year. He's just a guy that knocks down threes and he takes up a lot of cap space. So you can tie him to these big con or these big trades like this. So uh, they would have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. I assume that they would probably add in a, a, either a Victor Oladipo or 
I, I don't know. Maybe they would offer up Kyle Lowry because Gabe Vincent played pretty well last year for him. So maybe they would tie him into the deal and then they'd offer picks. So it would still be Max Drews, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. There, there would be awesome stuff. And then you'd also have KD. So, no, Miami would not be blowing themselves up making this deal happen. Uh, the same way that Boston or Golden State wouldn't. The problem is, is that I don't think that KD wants to go back to Golden State. And I don't know that Boston wants KD because Boston, look, they made it to game six of the finals last year. They don't want to blow up the whole thing just to get KD and hope that they're better. What what they did this offseason by adding Malcolm Brogdon, uh, forget about Danilo Gallinari, because honestly, I, I think he's just there so that Al Horford doesn't have to play as many minutes. But with Malcolm Brogdon, You've now added a guy that can handle the ball. He can somewhat run the offense, and he's a knockdown shooter from everywhere on the floor, which is something that Boston really needed come that finals period there because when Golden State would go on those ridiculous runs where they would go, you know, 21 to four, you kind of need a guy that can just knock down a shot and end those runs early, not let it get that far. Malcolm Brogdon's a huge piece. I think Boston should just run it back as is, and I think they have a realistic shot at it. And also, just something to keep in mind, too, Golden State's another year older. There is nothing that says that Golden State's going to be back there next year. I mean, as we move over, actually, I'm going to be talking about DeAndre Ayton and Phoenix, but Phoenix looked like the best team in the league last year up until they became a little bit injury-riddled in the playoffs. And... If it wasn't for Chris Middleton going down, I don't know that Milwaukee wouldn't have beaten Golden State. I know that they lost to Boston in the second round, but they were missing their second best player throughout the whole series. I think they would have beat Boston. They would have beat Miami, and they they very well might have beat Golden State too. So there's nothing that says Golden State's just going to be even better next year by any means. I think Boston should just run this thing back. But, you know, at this point... I, I think that Miami is really the only top tier team that has a chance at KD. I think if he goes anywhere else, it like I hear a lot of chatter that New Orleans could offer a very good deal. So if he'd be willing to go to New Orleans and play with Zion Williamson and uh, potentially CJ McCollum, that you know that could be a good fit both ways and would definitely make New Orleans better. But I, I don't know what we're going to see out of this, but it, it's been it's been stale out there. There hasn't been a whole lot of new news on it. Hey, Coles, kind of, yeah. For some of us, like not so big basketball fans like myself, uh, Zion, he was the talk of the game for a couple of seasons. I mean, talk of the league. Is there? Is he panning out? Is he looking like that next superstar that's going to take over the whole entire NBA? When he plays, yeah. He's just always hurt. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It, so, I mean, New Orleans just gave him a max contract. So he's got some money now. This this is the kind of guy that needs to get himself a personal trainer. That I'm sure he's already got one, but he needs to be paying top dollar for somebody. He needs to make sure that he's eating right, whether that be on his own accord or that he hires a chef to make him shit that doesn't, you know, have him sometimes coming into camp looking like he might be weighing 300. No. (laughs) No. No, Michelle. 
No, I was going to say Michelle could be the chef. We're hiring oh. out Michelle. Michelle, you, oh. you're shipping I, out. I, I thought you thought you saw her behind me. I'm like, no, no, she's not here. No, Chef Michelle is here to save the day. Michelle, we're shipping you out to New Orleans. <laughs> hey, she she actually does have a couple that lives down there. There's a couple of friends we got in New Orleans. So, you know, hey, actually oh. watching their dogs next week. Oh, well, that, that, okay, this is all... So this is a reality. Colbs, get ready to pack your bags. You're getting shipped out. You're part of a trade, Colbs. You're part of the trade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going with KD to Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but now I mean otherwise. To be named later. <laughs> otherwise, John, uh, the only other piece of NBA news is that DeAndre Ayton, it looks like, is going to be playing with Phoenix, which this is going to be kind of weird for going into this next season. I believe I talked to you about this the last time you were here with me. DeAndre Ayton was essentially being kept as a trade piece for KD, which now looks like that is just not going to happen. And uh, Indiana had offered a max contract, or not a max. Uh, it was four years, $133 million, so close to a max, uh, for uh, DeAndre Ayton. And Phoenix matched that offer. So now Phoenix has DeAndre Ayton, but it doesn't look like he's getting moved anywhere. Well, the way that that relationship ended was essentially uh, at the end of the season, he got benched for internal reasons. It wasn't because he was hurt. It wasn't because he wasn't playing good. It was just for internal reasons. So that's not a good sign. And then on top of that, he he was trying to get his deal during the season last year and sat down with uh, some of Phoenix Suns management. And they told him flat out, we don't think you're a max player. So now he's going to be back there, and I don't know how that's going to work. Because usually once there's that tension there and it doesn't really get solved, yeah, he's getting some big money, but it's not the money that he thought he was worth. Uh, That doesn't always end that well. So, I mean, I hope they pull it together just because they were a really good team and really fun to watch, but that's going to be tough. John, we're going to talk some football now. Kyler Murray. The drama is over. He resigns with the Cardinals. Five years, two hundred and thirty point five million, one hundred and sixty million of that guaranteed. Wow. So my first question is: Is it really now over? The whole drama there. Kyler Murray unfollowed the team on everything on social media. There was talk that he might be going back to baseball. There was all sorts of talk about Kyler Murray, and uh, well, now all of a sudden. He signs a five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar deal. I, I don't, I don't know that this necessarily means that he's locked in with Arizona. And the thing that sucks about that, John, if you think about the NFC next year, we know the Rams are good. We know the Bucks are good. The Packers might not be as good now that they're they're down. Not only Devontae Adams, but they less uh, lost uh, Valdez Scantling. They basically it's Aaron Rodgers and a whole bunch of kids that he's never played with i don't know that the packers are going to be as good i mean interesting colts when it comes to the packers you know aaron Rodgers got that big loaded contract right he's making quite a bit of money each year so instead of the packers organization paying any players aaron's going to take it on his own accord he's going to use his own personal budget and he's going to he's going to start balling out and just paying people he's going to sign to the aaron Rodgers contract forget about the packers 
They're going to be playing yeah. for him. <laughs> so problem is, John, is that in the NFL, there's a whole salary cap scale, and you, you can't you can't do that. But it's under with the that table. said, <laughs> yeah, no, it, you can't have players under the table. It doesn't work like that, John. That you know of. It's going to happen. No, I'm very aware ever. of how. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, they, this is not possible. This is not something that is in the realm of things that could potentially happen. Just wait for it. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I look at the rest of the NFC, I wonder to myself, like, who who else is there? Because Arizona could absolutely be there as long as they don't have a quarterback that doesn't want to be there. And, you know, yeah. I mean, him signing the deal gives you hope, but I, I don't know. And beyond that, I mean, San Francisco now, they've given Jimmy Garoppolo the ability. They've given him the the go-ahead, the thumbs up. You can go find somebody as a trade partner. We'll see if we can get you out of here. So uh, Jimmy G whoa. is officially on his way out of San Fran. Don't know oh where yet. God. So it's now Trey Lance time. I don't know if that means that San Francisco is going to be as good or worse, but I don't think it's going to be better. So really, I look at the NFC and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, are the, are the Cowboys now the third best team in the NFC? And it doesn't mean that the Cowboys are really that good. It just means that the whole NFC is that bad. Like, and I don't mean that offensively, John, just, I, I think the NFC is a two team race. To your point, man, we're going to have to wait and see what happens here as we get closer to the season. Um, unless there, there are some surprises out there, like unless Trey Lance is just ready to absolutely dominate, the offseason could do miracles. There's always sleeper teams out there. And Oh, there's so um, much on Trey Lance that shows that that's not going to be the case. There are a ton <laughs> of reports from players that are saying he complains of arm fatigue at practice. Oh, okay. Was not aware yeah. of that. All right. No, no. They, I, I don't think that that's going to work out well. And yes, there are always teams we don't expect, and I'm sure one will show up somewhere. It might be like a Philadelphia. Could be Minnesota. I, I, who knows? Maybe New Orleans is randomly really good this year. I, I don't know, but it, there, yeah, there, there's probably going to be a team we're not expecting. But I don't even know how to grade it this year, considering how bad the NFC is. I think there's more good teams in just the NFC or the AFC West than there are in the entire NFC. And you, you know what? You brought up an interesting team there with Minnesota. Maybe they're the sleeper team for sure. Because they well, always have dude, I will tell you that's what Cowherd thinks. Cowherd's got them going 13 and 4 this too. year. Dude, <laughs> now that you just brought it's an interesting point what you just made, right? The NFC does on paper look like it's going to be struggling quite a bit uh going into the season with teams that are gonna dominate. I don't really see it happening. But Minnesota, every single season, they are picked to do better than what they end up doing. Um, they got a good quarterback situation. They got a good run game. I mean, they have a good team, Colts. There's no reason why they can't win 13 John, games. John, the right? thing that bugs me the like, most is that that's one of the teams. Them in Atlanta, they're the two teams that I remember. I can't bet them because every time I do, they just do the opposite of what I think they're going to do. So Minnesota, yeah. 
there's a lot of times I come in high on Minnesota and then they end up being six and 10. And I'm like, what, what the hell was that? (laughs) I thought, I thought this was going to be a good team. So this year, like I'm just going in with them with the average expectations. Hey, this is going to be a nice nine and eight team, but John, they might be better than that. I'm just not going to come out here and say it because every time I think they're going to be good, they're not. Oh man. It, Atlanta, Minnesota, both of those teams continue to break break hearts every single season. If you're a Minnesota or Atlanta fan, sorry. That's all I could say is because, uh, man, are they unpredictable. Very yeah, I mean, to both those fan bases, I will tell you flat out, I have believed in you so many times over the course of the last probably five years that it just hasn't worked. Now, last year, I wasn't hot on Atlanta. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I should back off of Atlanta. I I feel like they're probably just sliding at this point. But Minnesota, even last year, I'm like, no, no, they they got this right. Like they're they're gonna be good. No, (laughs) just at no point. And it's it's a oh, it's frustrating. But they did. I think they lost eight of their games by one score, which you know, oftentimes one score games. That doesn't always translate year to year. Sometimes you're going to win more of those. Sometimes you're going to lose more of those. The Seahawks were like that. The Seahawks just kept winning them, but that's because Russell Wilson's just not human. But Kirk Cousins is. So we'll see how that works out. But in a weekend NFC, I could see a scenario where Minnesota really picks it up. I just can't get myself to believe in them at this point. Yeah, fair enough, man. I'm I'm literally going through my head right now, and I'm thinking about NFC teams and Everything's up in the air. It's it's totally shot. Like I I was talking with uh, with Jimmy last week, and he had said that at the Panther ceiling, they're a wild card team, and I I absolutely think that Carolina is going to be garbage. But at the same time, it's like, well, when you think about the competition, they're going to be playing. Hell, who knows? (laughs) If Baker steps in there and is and he comes out pissed and he's throwing the ball real well, uh, maybe maybe they do sneak in. I'm thinking Carolina's got a good shot to kind of sneak in there. Just just from your point, because it's going to be weak. I, don't I know. think it's everybody's funny. got a good shot to sneak in. This is this sucks. And so, like, this is why Seattle's not trading for any of these quarterbacks that are on the market because we know if we get any of them, we're going to be just too good against the rest of the NFC that we're going to fumble our way into winning like eight games and won't get one of these top quarterbacks. So this this ensures. Drew Locke ensures we're not winning more than five. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Now flipping this over to the AFC. Is there any big news going on over there? Because now that Dude, I'm thinking, you know, you bring up Russell it, Wilson. Obviously, he's in, is, he, he left Seattle. He goes over to Denver. AFC seems a little bit more stacked than the NFC. Is there any big news that was announced throughout these past couple of weeks as we get closer to the season starting? No, no news. But, John, I just want you to think about the differences here. I told you that there's two good teams in the NFC. The AFC, you've got at least the Bills, the Ravens, who keep in mind Lamar Jackson got hurt halfway through last year. They were not a bad team. good point. I think that's forgotten thing. Yeah, good point. As much as we don't really want to talk about it, if Deshaun Watson is playing, the Browns are going to be good. The Titans are good. And there are four teams 
in the AFC West that are good. That's eight teams. And granted, that is if Deshaun Watson plays. If not, oh no, there's only seven. And out of those seven, I don't know who's what and where they rank on it. Granted, yeah, I'm obviously going to be ditching out playoff predictions and all that in the next month because that's what you do in the month leading up to football. But coming into this, like you look at just the AFC West, it's like, okay, the Chiefs, they've been awesome. I've been saying for years they're just better than you. But now they lose Tyreek Hill. Where does that put them? I don't know exactly yet. Denver. They have a pretty solid roster, and they just added Russell Bleep and Wilson. Really good team now, assumably. Now, we talk about uh, Las Vegas Chargers. For some reason, people are saying that there's pressure on Justin Herbert to make the playoffs this year. Like, if he doesn't make it, that there's going to be a problem. It's like, no, Justin Herbert's entering his third year in the NFL. Okay, like, give him some bleeping slack. Everybody's telling me he's a top-five quarterback. If you're saying he's a top-five quarterback – who cares if he still hasn't made the playoffs in two years? He just entered the league. He's a kid. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but the Chargers, really good. They just made some real offseason moves to add some players that are going to really help them out. The The Raiders, out of the abyss last year, firing their coach midseason for being an asshole, for doing all these different things in their ownership group. Like they, These guys were in tatters halfway through the year, and they pulled off a playoff run. Pulled off a playoff run. John, it's incredible. And now they come in here this year. Oh, and they they added um, Devontae Adams. I almost said Jarvis Landry. They added Devontae Adams, who's apparently, by the way, going to be the number one ranked receiver on Madden. I thought that was a little bit strong, but sure. Okay. I mean, point of it being is we know he's a great receiver. Now the Raiders look really, really good. I don't know what to do with the AFC West, let alone the rest of that. You throw Buffalo, Baltimore, and potentially Cleveland and Tennessee in the mix. What do you do with that? I don't know what you do with that at all. The I am going to just strictly yeah. watch AFC football this year. I'm going to watch NFC because it's going to be a beautiful thing for me. It's going to put me in the zone where I, I thrive. and that's <laughs> Because it's going to look dogs. closer to the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> Colts. <laughs> oh Jesus, Colts. Freaking no, it's gonna give me a chance to root on people that I I haven't had a chance to root on just yet. But when you look at it though, even the moves the AFC has made over this offseason, considerably better than the NFC teams. Like I even think Matt Ryan going over there to Indy. I, I forgot about that. The Colts might be really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, God. <laughs> I think you forgot to mention the Colts there, too. So, yeah, man, I think they got a good shot as well. Oh, my God. I uh, John, I'm so pumped for football, dude. They, this week is what did it because it was totally dead across all sports. And now it's just like, oh, football. It's that it's weird waning period when everybody's getting ready for football. And ladies and gents, for those of you that live in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, all these surrounding states, you're going to feel this heat wave that we're feeling. And I'm sure it's going across the whole entire country. It's 100 degrees outside. It does not feel like football weather. But I promise you, football is getting close. It does for me, Johnny. It feels like Florida around this time of year. 
Oh, dude, Colbs, here's something funny for you, right? I was going over to work today, and yes, ladies and gents, I live in Massachusetts. I see signs for Gillette Stadium. I got off one of the exits. It says, take a left to Gillette Stadium. I was that close to Gillette. Colbs, it's football season, man. You might, We might have to come up here and go record a game at Gillette Stadium in the parking lot. Set up a little table, record a live podcast, it just get all sorts of crazy. Who knows? That might have potential. I'm just saying. I, I see it. Twenty. I live 25 minutes away from Gillette. Do you really? Jesus, I do. Man. Uh, yeah. Cool. You picked a good direction to move. I'm. I'm actually going to type it in and give you a real time here. I think it's 25 minutes, but you know my sense of direction isn't great. I can't even mention. Uh, I can't. I, I don't even say, know if where you're the an hour from me. I feel like you still got to be at least like 45 minutes from there. Here we go, Gillette Stadium uh, to parking lot three. 25 minutes on the dot, Cove Boy, <laughs> am I good yes. as hell? Yes. So that's how close I live to Gillette Stadium. So, Colbs, we might have to do a live recording at Gillette Stadium. That sounds like a lot of fun. Dude, my guy, we're we're get we could go to Providence and make a day out of it. You're you're close to some, I mean, some pretty shitty areas too, but some pretty cool shit. I'm close to a lot of cool stuff, man. Forty five to Boston, twenty five to Gillette, thirty minutes to Providence. Hell, man, yeah. we're gonna make it happen. Wow, you yeah, you picked a nice area. Good for you, buddy. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. But Coles. Let's go ahead and wrap up the sports roundtable episode. We could get into the regular, not the regular, to get into the Jacked in Can show. That's right. So, Coles, shut us down the way you know how to do it, Bubs. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jacked in Can.